good evening and welcome. It is the, uh, what is this show? Gosh darn it. This is Paranormal IRL. I don't remember. I'm trying to get John, our guest, connected. It's not working. I don't know what's happening. We haven't had any real problems with this software ever. So I'm not sure what trouble he's having, Britt. But he's telling me he's connecting and he's getting some kind of weird error message. I don't know what this means. So I'm not sure how to handle it. Uh, I I mean the way that he's describing the problems I'm it's I'm su- suspect that maybe Chrome has to be updated or something for him because um, well there was a big update that came through so I know my iPhone had to get updated I know that my I had to update uh, Microsoft my my I have a Windows computer so I I wonder if he did I wonder if he did not do the update because it was a pretty big security patch thing that they did um, you know and why you're why you're why you're uh, dealing with John and getting him going. Um, I'll talk about our merchandise. Uh, we have some merchandise. It's on uh, Teespring. If you just go and search Paranormal IRL, uh, we have our first T-shirt up. Basically, it says UFO is my three-letter agency. And really, if you think about it, it is because apparently the UFOs, the aliens are running this planet right now. Or they're flying by. I don't know which. But every now and then, they'll stop off and they pick a few of us up and they throw a couple back. But they seem to keep... Uh, um, the ones that have a full set of teeth. It seems like they only throw back the ones that don't have a full set of teeth. But uh, if you want a cool T-shirt, uh, we have women's shirts, men's shirts. We have coffee mugs. And uh, we are making more shirts uh, as time pushes forward. Uh, this is one way that you get a cool T-shirt, and it helps support the show. Because even though it looks like we're struggling right now with our software program, it's normally pretty bulletproof, but it's not cheap. It, it's, uh, it's a few hundred bucks a month because nothing – you cannot – here's the other thing with software nowadays. You cannot buy – you cannot buy software. Everything nowadays is a license. You have to license everything nowadays because um, uh, because of the hackers and also corporations don't want uh, they want to make more money. And if they just if they keep you coming back for more, I, I guess I guess in the long run, JV, it makes them more money to have you do the fifty bucks every month or a hundred bucks. Well, every it, month all, the, it also it also eliminates it also eliminates piracy in, in many ways, which has really right. really been the the place that software companies have struggled. Uh, once people figure out how to crack, you know, the security on a, on a program and they start sharing in, they throw it up on the Internet and you can download it for free and they lose a lot of revenue that way, which I understand. I under, I don't like this idea of having to subscribe to software uh, and being at their mercy. I, I much prefer just to buy it and use it. And if I need to upgrade it at some point, I'll upgrade it. But this, I mean, this Internet thing has been a cursing and a blessing at the same time. We can go online and basically buy any program we want, get it instantly, and start using it. But the other thing most people have noticed, whether you're playing games or using software like Adobe that we use or vMix like we use, they're constantly updating. Like they have to be updated every third or fourth day. And those yeah, updates, like yeah. yeah, and those updates are a pain in the neck. And sometimes they're they're doing things inside your computer that you don't necessarily want them to do. They're taking control of things that they that you don't want them to control. There's a lot of stuff going, particularly when you're talking about Windows. Every time I, not every time, at least every other week or so, I'll come down in the studio and I never turn these computers off. Um, and I have stuff running all the time. And I'll come down and Windows had, did an update rebooted everything, screwed everything up, moved all my icons all over the place, changed everything on me, as you know when it comes to mic volume, which, by the way, your mic volume is still low, um, and it's a problem. Yeah, it was, again, speaking of I what you're talking about. Or something, though. Is, I, that you? is that you? Oh, that's my air conditioning. I got, well, when you come off of me, I'll turn it off. Okay. But it's 95 degrees out, yep. and the cave is really musty right now, so I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, 
I'm see, spitzing. See, Gene, right now. Gene says, Gene says turn off automatic updates. Gene, I have done that. It doesn't matter. Yes. Microsoft and Windows don't care. What it may may stop some updates, but then they'll just go ahead and do others. So anyway, hey, let's um, we're yeah, gonna do what they want. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When when Brit when you and I decided to re to not relaunch because it's really not a relaunch but rebrand beyond no, reality beyond reality to uh, paranormal IRL we just started to get back on uh, the live stream and the podcast and and talk about paranormal topics again after the little hiatus that I personally needed one of the first things that I said to you Britt, was we have to get my good friend John Russell on he is one of the best guests I've had on any program that I've done anywhere regardless of the topic he is so knowledgeable he's probably best known as a psychic but he's also a paranormal researcher and investigator he's an author he's authored a couple books we're going to talk about those books tonight and uh, I had been trying to get him through this video link and I'm not sure what the problem was so we're going to settle with uh, an older technology it's a thing you might recognize it's called a telephone um you may have heard of it, Britt. Uh, it's it's wires, and the wires connect like from one state to another. It's really kind of amazing how it all works. But the thing is, it always you're works. You're a witch. <laughs> it's a witch. You're doctor. a witch. <laughs> you're a witch. We need to put you in the lake and see if you float. Hold I these know. rocks. I know it is it is a lot of hocus pocus, but again, it is reliable and it works. So uh, with with no further ado, welcome our good friend John Russell to the program. John, I'm sorry about the tech problems. I really hey, am. no problem, man. JV Britt, good to be with you guys. Guys, listen, when all else fails, the landline works. It is uh, almost 100% yes. reliable. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I can see you, John. I can see you down there in Florida, like, pulling your hair out as I'm trying to text you. We're trying to make this thing work. And I don't know what the problem is, but we can hear you loud and clear this way, and this will work just fine for us. I Outstanding. Think. Yeah, I, I tried everything on the planet, and every... Uh, microphone and camera configuration, everything, that every link and everything else, and it just was like, nope, not going to do it. So it's like, okay, back to the landline. Well, it must be Russia. Russia must have it hacked It must be Russia. Russia's it. hacking us and saying, no, we don't want this to yes. happen because Putin knows this guy's a powerful psychic and he might put a curse on me or something. And uh, Oh, my. Hey, John, you haven't been on – obviously, I haven't, I haven't been uh, – doing new programs for a while but i needed to take a little bit of a break as i was right, telling you right. um off you know off air um but you uh last time you're on i think was november december somewhere in there what the heck have you been up to because i know one thing about you john is you never sit still i never sit still um i've got the two books out i'm still writing on the third i am booked with readings into august and scheduling into september uh, and the last year and a half, I've been interviewed over a hundred times. Wow! I'm uh, still actively investigating, researching the paranormal, and reading for my clients, and, and doing all these things, and involved in all kinds of uh, uh, paranormal experiences virtually every day. And uh, have we talked since? I, yeah, we talked since I've moved. I think. I think. I, I, yeah, I think. I think we talked since I've moved. Yeah, I think we yeah. have. 
and uh, but uh, you know, the paranormal flies fast and furious. So yeah, I'm 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 still strong and heavy at it. Well, our audience loves loves it when we have you on the program, John. And but I want to say something to the audience, John had emailed um, Eddie Edwards, our, our producer, and, and texted me personally. He said, JV, I'm I'm filling up. My calendar's filling up fast. I, I love coming on your program. We need to get this scheduled or my calendar's going to be uh, booked. And I just wasn't in a position to schedule dates because I didn't know how this was playing out for me. Right. And uh, so I reached out to John. I'm like, oh, please, John, I know you're busy, but we'd love to have you. And he made time for us. You've got an, another appearance coming up on Coast to Coast with George Norrie soon, right? Uh, I was just off of Coast to Coast. Oh, you uh, just did it? Yeah, yeah, just just off Coast to Coast last night, as a matter of fact, uh, batting the cleanup 3 to 5 a.m. slot, and uh, yeah, that was my sixth appearance on Coast to Coast, and uh, always always a great time there, but, but you're one of my favorite guys, and I always make time for you. I, wow. always, I can always fit you in the schedule. It's very much appreciated, John. Um, <laughs> well, I appreciate being on with you. You know, we've got a good history. This is my seventh appearance on your show. And uh, we always have a, a very good time, very good uh, interview, very good friendship. And the uh, and I, I emailed you and told you once before, you have a huge following out there, and people absolutely love you. And I've had a lot of feedback that says, "Oh, I just can't wait till you and JV get together because the chemistry is just unreal." So that's a lot of positive feedback there. It is, and I was going yeah. to say, you know, this is your seventh appearance, appearance, and not one of those including this one, I'm sure, seven appearances has been disappointing. We always have great things to talk about. Uh, bless your heart. Thank you. I appreciate it. With that in mind, John, and again, since you haven't been on in a while, what, is, what are you feeling? What's the general energy from a, either a psychic sense or paranormal sense that you're feeling right now? Because it seems to me, and again, I'm about as sensitive as a brick, but it <laughs> seems to me there's some kind of upheaval going on. Oh, my. Let me tell you, it's it's just crazy right now the uh, one thing is that paranormal activity in general has increased tremendously over the past half year or year and that goes through cycles i mean you look back you look back at times like remember the old merv griffin show and he used to have psychics on all the time and, sure. and all that type of thing and it was real popular and so it, then it wanes and so it always ebbs and wanes it does these things and and increases in popularity, and then it goes through periods where it's not, and so on and so forth. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why the other side doesn't just constantly keep this energy around us and this energy flowing, but it doesn't. Uh, but right now we're in this period where we're getting this increased psychic energy and this increased contact. And I think that may be in response to, for example, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, things of that nature. Uh, to where the other side is saying, hey, we're here, this power is available if you will receive it and if you'll use it and if you'll focus and concentrate it, and, you know, there's some help here for this. Um, why is there not more direct intervention? I don't know. That's something we've all wrestled with forever and a day and wish we had the answer to, but I do believe there is intervention from the other side, but I think a lot of it seems to stem from the other side coming through to us and saying, hey guys, you're our physical force here on this planet and you've got the ability to channel and focus this energy in positive ways and put an end to some of this stuff if you will. And I think that's the hope that we have now. That said, 
it takes um, way more focus and effort and energy and time than the average person is willing to spend on it. And I'll, I'll give you an example. One thing that worked, I was watching an episode of Psychic, uh, Psychic Detectives a long time ago, and this, uh, this police force had enlisted the aid of this certain psychic, and she had described this guy and uh, said he was in hiding and so on and so forth. And so she sat down with some friends of hers, and she said, you know what we're going to do? Tonight we are going to send the mental message to this guy. Spirit knows where he's at. We don't have to. We're going to count on spirit to deliver the mental message to this guy, and we're going to sit here this entire night and bombard him. Now think about that. They 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 foregoed TV and cell phones and music and everything else, and they said we're going to sit here this entire night and send this message to this guy. You've got to surrender. You've got to turn yourself in. And they did that the entire night. She got a call from the detective the next day, and he said. This guy walks into the police station and says, I'm the one that did this. I have to turn myself in. I have to, I have to do this. And so it does work. We have this power that we can exercise. And I think the message the other side has for us is if thousands of us or millions of us were willing and able to sit for hours every day and focus that message toward Russia, and toward the other wars and towards the other things that are going on in this world, we have the power to affect that in a very positive way. But it takes a lot more focus, a lot more energy, and a lot more time than people are either either have or are willing to commit. And that's one thing that we've discussed before, you know, on the shows and that I tell my clients that I tell people it's like, look, this takes time. This takes effort, this takes energy, and it takes focus. You don't just do it willy-nilly, super quick, and everything's fine and dandy, and you go on about your business. It takes some sacrifice. It takes getting away from the TV and the cell phone and the music and the this and the that and the other thing and focusing in on receiving this spiritual energy and transmitting it out in positive ways for this, this positive focus. And it can be done. We had, uh, when I was a teenager... We had a um, a circle or a prayer group, whatever you want to call it, that we had in our home. And people would come in, and the idea that we gave people was, uh, Ekenkar was popular at the time, and the inner peace movement, all those things were really going big. And so some people studied those things, some people studied other things, some people were strictly Christian, whatever. <laughs> we had this really odd mix. It was an eclectic mix, which was, was actually very good. And the, the what we told people was like, look, if you use second car techniques, that's fine, but don't expect everybody to have to. Uh, if you pray, that's great, and if you visualize, that's great, and if you use some technique from inner peace movement that you learned, that's great, or some other technique from some other belief system, that's fantastic. Use what you're comfortable with, but don't force it off on everybody else. Let everybody use what they're comfortable with. But all of those techniques are focused toward one single goal. For example, healing this person or helping this person or doing this thing. And as long as everybody did that and used whatever technique they wanted to use, but the energy was all focused toward this certain goal, we got marvelous results. 
But then when people began to, egos got in the way, and it was like, well, you know, I read this book, and I think we should try this technique, or we should do this, or when do I get to lead a group, or why can't we have it at my house? And the egos got in the way, and then it disbanded and became useless. So the point of it is, there's a lot of techniques out there, a lot of belief systems. Use what you're comfortable with, but direct it toward a common goal and don't demand that other people have to use the same thing. Let them use what they're comfortable with, but we can combine that energy and use it in a positive way. And I think that's what the other side is trying to get through to us right now. John, what happens to that energy? What happens to this, maybe the psychic fabric that is kind of uh, behind us or over us or in us all of the time when you've got such tragedy going on in the world? And there's always tragedy, I suppose, but yeah, right now we're yeah. being especially uh, focused on the tragedy going on in Ukraine right. and uh, the war there. And 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 what and those images that we're seeing from there, obviously there's a lot of, lot of uh, turmoil there. There's a lot of tragedy oh, it's there. Horrific. It's but, horrific. But in addition to that, you've got a, much of the world seeing these images, images and also feeling a great empathy and a great sympathy for right. those people and generating their own energies. What happens to that greater energy in a time of such conflict and tragedy? Well, you know, the thing of it is we don't realize how much um, such a tragedy as what's happening in Ukraine, how greatly and negatively that affects the warp and woof of, of of our psyches of the the psychic realm the spiritual realm the energies that are out there uh, that affects the entire world and it affects that realm uh, you know the the horror the trauma the sorrow the suffering everything that is experienced radiates that energy out and whether we see those images or not with our physical eyes, we're still impacted by that energy that radiates out through the world. And we have to understand that. And that's why it's so important that we have people that are willing to try and absorb that, deflect that, send positive energy back towards that, send healing there. And it's been very interesting. Uh, I have, have seen or become aware of a number of people that have called for this healing energy and for prayer and for visualization and for positive energy to be sent, to be beamed, to be visualized, to be prayed to Ukraine and to Russia to stop this madness. And uh, it, it's very interesting to see that. But unfortunately, we get to this point where we don't understand what spiritual work actually is. And we've discussed that a little bit in the past on yeah. the show. And it's like you don't just say a prayer and, okay, everything's good. You don't read something out of the prayer book and say, okay, everything's all right. It takes getting down here in the trenches and getting this energy activated and flowing and then sending this energy out with force and focus and dedication and doing that repeatedly and consistently. And it's a battle. It's a fight. You know, we And in every uh, religion or spiritual belief, it talks about, uh, spiritual warfare, and it is spiritual warfare. We're fighting against these negative forces, these negative energies, these negative thoughts, these negative actions. And we have to realize that the battle doesn't end, you know, because we open up the prayer book and say a prayer. <laughs> you know, it's, right. a, it's an ongoing thing, and it takes time, and it takes effort, and it takes energy. And unfortunately, we lose focus. We get 
that's why in, in any effective spiritual situation, it, it's just like you. You've been ill, and uh, you've been tired, and you had to take some time off, and, you know, that affects everybody. And so what we have to have is a large enough group that when one falters, someone else is there to take up the slack. When someone someone's energy wanes, someone else is there to step in and strengthen that or, or supply their own energy in a greater way. And so we have to get that concept. We have to understand that and have to understand that's what it's going to take, not just through this, but, you know, ongoing to have a better world, to make a better world, to have the spiritual contact, to utilize the spiritual energy in a positive way. It's, it's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing thing. It's just like with me. You know, I had my first paranormal awakening when I was five, discovered I was psychic at six, went on from there. But at the age of 12, I studied everything I could find on the planet. And now I'm 68. I've been a professional psychic for 50 years. And I still continue to, to research, to study everything I can, to probe the other side, to do everything I can to make the best possible connection I can for my clients, for myself, for the good of the world, to help people and to understand how better to do this thing. And it's, it's, nobody ever becomes a master. There's no such thing as a master. Nobody understands it all. Nobody gets it all. We're all in the same boat trying and trying to, to do it in a better way, in a more meaningful way, in a more helpful way. But the point is, I've never relented in these 50 years of being a professional, and before that, doing it for friends and family. I've never relented my study and my effort and my outreach and this outpouring of energy. It's not something you reach a point and you can stop. It's it's ongoing, and people need to understand that. So, so John, I got a question. I got a question regarding. Okay, so you just did a, a pretty long explanation of various people um, using whatever their belief system is to channel thought, human energy, prayer, uh, right, directed at Putin as our as our example, right, uh, to change his ways. Now we're right. sending that energy at him like a missile, just coming in hot and fast. There you now, go. Now on his side, on his side. He thinks what he's doing is right because he's trying to reconstitute the old Soviet Union. It was his land originally. But he's Correct. got his citizens. So his citizens are taking his propaganda that he's allowing on his media. And they think they're fighting the righteous fight and they're channeling their energy for, for Putin to succeed and exactly. sending their what they feel is positive energy back at us like a missile. So we think we're right. They think they're right. Who right. is the... Who is the one who looks at our energies and says, no, nah, this side's right, that side's right? Who's the referee in this? I think that the uh, – I think there is an objective arbiter of ethics or truth or morality, and that is that you can look at a situation and say, okay – and as I've told people, you know, Putin would cut his heart out for Mother Russia – uh, Putin absolutely worships, reveres, idolizes, loves Mother Russia, and um, he feels very disrespected, and sometimes rightfully so. I remember back during the Reagan era, and he didn't realize he was live, and he was like, I just pushed the button, there goes Russia, you know? That's right. <laughs> so that that type of disrespect plays into it, and it, but it, it you have to get past the... Uh, did to, did not, did to, did not type thing, because that's what we do. I mean, here we are, we're adults, 
and we're we're poking each other on the shoulder on the playground. You know, it's your fault. No, it's not. It's your fault. No, it's not. I did. No, you did. No, I did not. Did do. Did not. Did do. And we do this as adults, but we do this with weapons. And we're reluctant to back down. We want to save face. We always think that we have the right way. And in utilizing this energy, we have to get beyond the point of nationalism or patriotism or whatever else, and we have to go, okay, in the best interest of everybody on this planet, Russian, Ukrainian, American, so on and so on and so on and so forth, what's the best energy? Where's the best meeting ground? Where's the best place for that to be? And when we do that, we operate on an energy level that gets beyond patriotism, that gets beyond religious dogma, tradition, so on and so forth, that gets beyond the mindset of, I have to take care of this country, and so on and so forth. Now, that's the difficult part of everything, because we're tribal. Um, you and JV are my friends, so we're out together, and somebody harasses you, by God, I'm going to jump in, I'm going to take care of business, because you're my buddies, I'm going to take care of you. Somebody threatens my family, they're dead meat. Now, that extends to statehood, you know, oh, I'm proud to be from Texas, or oh, I'm a California, I'm this and that, and those crazy people up in Vermont. So we're all Americans, but we have these divisions and these schisms among ourselves. We all want to worship God and be religious, but the Baptist church up the street can't agree with the Baptist church down the street, and so on and so forth. And then we extend that globally. And the problem is, is that with this tribal um, identification, we are going to defend ourselves. We're going to take care of ourselves. Somebody attacks my home, I'm going to defend my home. I'm going to defend my family. The unfortunate thing is those things don't have to be. We don't have to be tribal. We don't have to be patriotic. And this is not communism. This is not one world government. This is not the mark of the beast. It's just think, we're all human beings, and we all basically want the same things. And we all basically enjoy the same things, but every attempt at peace is marred by this tribalism, by this patriotism, by this nationalism, by these other things. And instead of sitting and saying, okay, look, you know, taking apart all the political aspects of this, and the religious and the spiritual aspects, and the patriotic aspects, and the national aspects, and everything else. Can we put all that aside and say, hey, what's good for everybody in this situation? And that's what we don't do. And when sending this energy out, that has to be the goal is not to say, you know, USA, 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 and not to say Russia, Russia, Russia. What we have to do is send this pure energy out that says, for the good of humanity. And that's the difficult thing, Brett, because exactly like you say, the Russian people are going, you know, God's on our side, and we've got to send this energy out, and we've got to win, we've got to do this. And then the American people are like, God's on our side, we've got to win, we've got to blah, 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 blah. And that's where all this confusion comes in spirituality, and we confuse what true spirituality is, because it's not religion, it's not patriotism, it's not nationalism, it's not any of these other things. The true spirituality is... You know, if Putin were not the leader of Russia and he were over here in the U.S. driving a bus, 
he'd, he'd probably love him. He'd probably right. be a great friend. You right. know, I'd go and get on the bus, and there's Putin. And, oh, thank God, you're going to get me home safe and sound. How was your day? Well, pretty good. You know, I've been driving. How are you? And I, I look at this, and I think of all the people on this planet that are enemies and that would kill each other, that if they were not driven by ideologies, by religion, by dogma, by false spirituality, by nationalism, by false patriotism, if they were to meet person to person, how much would they have in common? How much could they could love each other? They could be friends. They could be happy with each other, regardless of the color of their skin, regardless of their nationality or anything else. And so the thing that we're fighting in all of this is just that, this separatism, this us versus them, the idea of the other. And and we and it always comes to blows, it always comes to arms, and it goes back to one thing that, J.V., you've heard me say this before. You could take ten people and put them together in a group, and all ten of these people are in good health, no sickness, no illness, no disease. They've all got good, comfortable homes. They've got new cars they can drive. They can get anywhere they need to get reliably. They've, they're in good health, but they've got good health care if they need it. They've got plenty of money. They can take vacations. They can eat whatever food they want. They can buy whatever TV they want. Life is good. And one out of that ten is going to look at the other nine and go, now, how can I manipulate these suckers? How can I get right. some control yeah. over these suckers? And Maybe how can I get a little of their their extra money? Now, is that just a human thing? I don't think it is, and this is the scary part of this. Because I saw a documentary. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, the guy that did the uh, I ate at uh, McDonald's for a month and <laughs> oh yes, uh, Super Size Me is that what that one was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Morgan Spurlock. And so he did a documentary on, on AI, artificial intelligence and robotics. And in a little small clip of this documentary, this guy had invented these little tiny robots. And they were programmed to, when their powers got low, they were programmed to go to a power station and recharge themselves and then go on about their little tasks or whatever. Now, this was not programmed into them. The people that invented them and that monitored them and that dealt with them observed that out of the blue, certain of the little robots, not all of them, but certain of the little robots would attempt to hog the power station. Even though their power supply was full, even though they didn't need the power, if another robot was going over there, they would attempt to jump in line and hog the power station and get that power for themselves even though they didn't need it. Now, that was not programmed into it. Where does that come from? Right, That's a, pretty there, scary. There's another study out there. Maybe you know it. I can't remember the name of it, obviously, because I don't remember anything because I'm old now. But <laughs> they, they took two supercomputers, and, they, and, they, and they, they had to do tasks together. And all of a sudden, these two supercomputers made up their own language and started Developed talking to each language. other. And the, Developed their own language and yeah, began to talk the, to each other and communicate in their own language that we didn't know that they made up. Yeah, I've seen that study. Yeah, and, and also... Yeah, and then they had to unplug them because they didn't know what it was going to lead to. Exactly. Exactly right. And now, uh, there, the same thing there happened is also, with Alexa. Uh, there was a, uh, yeah. an Alexa chatbot or something that told somebody to go and kill themselves, <laughs> do themselves in, or to kill them parents, yeah. or do something. I, so, you know, where does this come from? The ghost in the machine. 
that that idea. So that energy is out there, and we have to realize, I think, that there is some chaos energy out there, and there is some uh, some negative energy out there, or some undirected energy out there that just let go, kind of tends to to go toward uh, this negativity. And uh, and it's in the church, and it's in the spiritual realm, and it's in the psychic realm, and it's in the realm of science, and it's in the realm of politics, and everything else. And that's what we have to fight against and discipline ourselves against and try and overcome. And that's where the real battle lies. It's, it's pretty spooky when you get to thinking about it. John, um, yeah. introduce you, the uh, idea of demons and evil to this discussion, this this conversation we're having. Where does that fit in? Well, you know, evil I can go with. Demons I don't know so much. Um, you know, we've discussed that a little bit before, and uh, the people that find a demon behind every bush, I, I can't go with that. I right. can't accept that. And uh, the people that are into demonology and everything, for one thing, think about this. If, if you're a quote-unquote demonologist, and you're confronting a demon, and you're commanding that it tell you its name and its function and its purpose and you're cataloging it and all this. Now that goes against the very idea of logic itself. If there's a demon, it's a superior, invisible, spiritual force right. to us. Right. If we're confronting a demon, it's a liar. It's a deceiver. It's deceptive. So we in our in our human vanity think that we're going to confront the superior spiritual being and command it to tell us all about itself and what's your true name and what's your function and, and then I'm going to bind you or I'm going to do this. It's nonsense. It's just crazy. It's just, it's just ridiculous. So are there invisible beings on the other side of, of all kinds? Yes, absolutely. Uh, do we know who all and what all they are, no, in spite of all these people that have supposedly cataloged them. No, we don't. We don't have any vague clue. We don't have any vague idea. If you have somebody come up to you on the street, a person in a physical body, and tell you, I'm so-and-so, and I have this authority, and you need to come with me, how do you know? You don't know. How much more so in the invisible realm where you can't see this person this entity, this being, you can't validate its background, you can't sit and talk with it physically, you, you're you believing whatever it tells you. Now, we don't do that in the physical realm. If somebody comes up on the street and says, I'm Detective so-and-so, you have to come with me down to the station. Well, no, I don't. On what charge? Right. Where's your badge? Show me your authority. Where's your credentials? That's right. But yet, people will sit there and supposedly talk with demons and accept at face value whatever they tell them. That's ludicrous. It's crazy. It's nuts. So this goes back to when interacting with the other side, being very respectful, being very cautious, being very um, not skeptical and not unwilling, but just weighing what you're told and then seeing how things come out. Now, the reason that I interact successfully with the other side my entire life is I have always challenged everything that I've received. And I've learned what voices I can listen to and I can count on and I can rely on for myself, for my clients, for the spiritual messages I'm given, so on and so forth. And those are inevitably voices that lead towards light and towards healing and towards compassion and love and goodness and protection, health and healing and those types of things. Um, 
Another thing that I I get mind-boggled with, and I've discussed this a lot lately on on a lot of recent podcasts, as people are going into all these experiences and their paranormal investigations and they're growled at and barked at and yelled at and threatened and scratched and bit and pushed and all this, I've done paranormal investigations since I was 12 years old, and I've done them in, in all kinds of places and under all kinds of circumstances, and I have never experienced any of that, ever. And so a lot of this, I have to say, okay, people are either imagining things, overreacting to certain things, and assigning it a negative connotation or whatever, or doing something that they don't realize has impacted them physically, and then, oh, this this must have been a demon or this or that or whatever. You know, we, we have enough real physical problems and spiritual problems and psychic problems to work through in meaningful ways to get to the bottom of all this without the hysteria and the, you know, somebody had a allergic reaction, scratched themselves in their sleep and didn't realize it, right. woke up with scratches right. on themselves and, oh, God, a demon attacked me in the night. we got <laughs> enough problems without John, that, you know. It, John, is, is it is it possible... I mean, I, obviously, we know there 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 are quite a few people that uh, they the I call it the look at me syndrome. They, they want to be famous so bad that look at me, look yeah. what I got, look what I do, blah blah blah. But is it yeah. possible that you haven't experienced that because um, number one, you've been doing this since you were knee high to a grasshopper. You're experienced at it. You can't be played. You're kind of strong minded and used to this stuff. So whatever the darker side of the other side is, they just they just give you a wide berth because they're not going to be able to play you and on top of that, these other people that seem to have these experiences, not saying all of them, but right. some of them, because they're so new to this, because they're rookies, because they're making mistakes, or because they're just weak-minded, challenged at home, fights, drunkenness, drug addiction, whatever, that the demons see, okay, I can probably pick this person off. So maybe they're getting hit while you're not. That could be a possibility, absolutely. And I tell people, I say, look, when you're beginning to seriously investigate the spiritual realm and the spiritual realm that's a wide umbrella when you're beginning to seriously investigate the spiritual realm or try and develop psychic abilities or try and develop powers even if they're good powers healing powers whatever i firmly believe that the other side has firewalls in place and kind of stops you there and little test for you to pass to see how far you can go and if you're worthy of going forward and if you need to keep going and what your motivations are and what your purposes are. Because think of this, it's a crude analogy, but it works and it's real. Due to human nature, you just watch us, watch people, myself included. Due to human nature, if we were able to very, very easily begin psychic and spiritual studies and we could rapidly develop the power to harm someone at a distance at will, then we're driving down the road in traffic and we're frustrated and we just had a fight with the wife and somebody cuts us off and you, SOB, here comes my psychic power, boom, and I wreck your ass or maybe even killed you or whatever. That's our nature. And I think the other side kind of holds things in check when we're doing this development and we're doing these investigations and we're trying to develop these powers. I think there's firewalls there along the way so that we don't develop that power that quickly, so that we get out in traffic and get frustrated with somebody and cause them to wreck or kill them or hurt them or whatever, because that's our natural tendency. The nicest person under pressure, I, I had a buddy of mine 
this is guy I saw was just so stable, so intellectual, so this, so that. And the first time I rode with him, we went somewhere, and the first time I rode with him, he went into these cursing, loud fits of road rage at the traffic, and I was like, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> and so we all have that propensity. And uh, I, I I'm think guilty. That the, yeah, yeah. Well, I have been too, and and I think the other side has those fail safes in place as we grow and as we advance spiritually. And sometimes they have to keep us in check, even after we have developed certain powers or certain abilities or or certain revelations or certain things, because we all have that uh, that capability. So myself included. So uh, that that's part of it, I think. John, I know you can't see the screen, which you, if if you had, we had been successful with the video oh, connection, <laughs> you would have been able to. But I want to I'm going to I want to share an article and I want to talk a little bit about it and get your take on it. I, I just okay. realized we're uh, we're quickly approaching the end of the hour here, so uh, we will. If you don't mind, John, keep you a little bit longer than the hour. Oh, but absolutely. Still, I'm I'm yours as long as you need me. Stay, I always enjoy. But it. time always flies when we get into this, so I got to be yeah, mindful of getting these topics in. Well, yeah, we'll go. Well, John, we'll go longer. JB need needs to. a roof. One of the things that you and I have talked about on, pre on previous visits is this whole phenomenon, and not that it's a new phenomenon, but the, the idea that the discussions are are becoming more common is the new phenomenon, and I'm talking about UFOs. Oh, and, yeah. And there was, a, there was a, uh, an article that was released, I think it was yesterday, and, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you're certainly going to have something to say about it. Uh, the headline is, UFO sightings have left witnesses with radiation burns, Brain and damage. unanticipated pregnancies. Yeah, uh, perceived, perceived time suspension, according yeah. to interviews in a newly released yeah. Pentagon report from 2010. What, yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen this specific article, but in general, I have. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on this? Well, I tell you, you know, our, our government, all governments lie to their citizenry, and our government has always lied to us, just like every other government does. And... In these reports that are coming out now, for whatever bizarre reason that they've decided to drabble and drip these bits of truth out to us, these things are beginning to come out. And the government, interestingly enough, is confirming what experiencers and researchers have said all along. Because all along, experiencers and researchers have said, hey, this crap flew over, and the next day I had these burns all over my body, and I went to the doctor, and he said, you have radiation poisoning. Or I saw this crap, and the next thing I know, I wake up the next day at 8 o'clock in my bed, there's this missing time episode, and all of these things. So the government is finally beginning to acknowledge these things. Um, to that, I can only go back to what I've always said. Someone somewhere deep in the bowels of our government and other governments knows exactly what's going on. They know where these craft are from, who's piloting them, what their agendas are, and, and so on and so forth. I firmly believe that. It's just inconceivable to me that we couldn't know, that someone somewhere with all of our intelligence capabilities couldn't know. Um, why this is coming out in dribs and drabs now, my personal take is that it's a placating procedure. And what they're hoping is that, um, you know, they'll give us enough that we'll go away. And I think the, um, you know, there's a, um, a podcast that I've been a guest on, and um, 
they hold this thing called the Big Phone Home, and that's an homage to you know to ET, ET right? Phone Home, mm-hmm. and they get all the big uh, names in ufology from all over the world, and they have this long full day event. Sometimes two or three days. Now it's it's growing, and uh, all these people come and present all their evidence, all their findings, all the information they've been able to get from the government, so on and so forth. Well, the interesting thing was on this last one, they got a congressman, a U.S. congressman. Oh wow! Yeah, and the U.S. congressman came on, and he all balls out, said some very, very, very interesting things, and. One of the things was that he basically just said, as the government report said, yeah, they're here, they're physical objects, they're not ours. And he is privy, of course, being a congressman, to the the full classified report and all these things, and unfortunately couldn't and wouldn't understandably uh, break his, you know, secrecy agreement and, and address that. But he did say some very interesting things, and one of the things that he said was that he believed it may have been a, actually a minor mistake on the government's part to put out that that little abbreviated public disclosure report because it kind of opened a chink in the armor, so to speak, paraphrasing him. And uh, he said that it's up to the citizenry now to push with everything we've got for full disclosure and not stop until we get it. And he said, if we don't, the government's going to heal up that little chink in the armor. And he said, if you think secrecy's been bad up till now, if we don't force this door open when we've got this small opportunity, he said, down the road, you won't get nothing. There won't be any reports. There won't be any Freedom of Information Act. There won't be a darn thing that you get. It'll be sealed up so tight that UFOs, what UFOs? He said, it'll go away entirely. And so... That's what we have to do now is look at this and say, okay, you know, the dribs and drabs aren't enough to satisfy us and make us go away. What the heck is going on? And somebody has got to know. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous to say that we can't know or that we don't have the technology or whatever. And, J.B., you and I have talked about this before. You know, one of the arguments that the government gives us is we don't have sufficient technology. And when I hear that, I laugh. I laugh. It's good I don't have something in my mouth. I'd spit it everywhere laughing because I saw a documentary, I think it may be decades ago now, and in this documentary, one of our former CIA heads was talking about our tech, technological capabilities. And one of the examples he gave was the old SR-71 Blackbird. Now, for those that don't know, the SR-71 Blackbird was our premier spy plane. It flew in subspace, and it flew so fast that nothing on the planet could catch it. No bullet, no missile, no rocket, no other plane, nothing. Nothing could catch it. Nothing could shoot it down. And he said that during the Blackbird era, that if you were to put two golf balls a foot or two apart on a putting green and the blackbird flew over in subspace at speed and took a photograph of that putting green, when you developed the photograph, you could clearly read which golf ball was a McGregor and which one was a Titleist. Wow. And he said, that's that's decades-old technology. Imagine what we can do now. That's right. So... 
I, that was uh, ages ago. I saw this documentary. So if we had that technology then, and he was saying, imagine what we could do now, and that's decades ago. Are you telling me we don't know what's going on? We don't have the technology to capture these events clearly and, and to present them? Of course we do. Now, there is, I keep in, in touch with a lot of people in, in ufology and a lot of reliable people in uh, the, the genre and in the know, and it has come back down through the grapevine from someone that I deem extremely reliable that said that they have a source that said that they have 4K high-res photos of these craft 50 feet off the wing of our fighter jets. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. So this is, stuff is... it possible, is, John? Yeah. Is it possible, John, that uh, that maybe the drips and drabs are because they're trying to prepare us for the inevitable unveiling of the UFOs? Because they're it's getting more and more. The people, we the people, the peasants in the field. I mean, look at the phones that we have, the camera, the iPhone, right. the photos that we can take, how long, clear, clarity. That They're not going to be able to keep this bow on the, on the gift. So they're starting to prepare the battlefield, so to speak, so that when we do finally see the UFO, uh, we don't lose our minds and, you know, start praying to some weird false god. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but I don't think so. I think they're trying to uh, to placate us and to hope we'll go away. I, I literally think that's what they're doing in all of this. And uh, the interesting thing is, uh, I've said this before, and, and I've read a lot of other people that have said this, including some religious leaders, including some scientific people, uh, and people in politics and, and other paranormal investigators and things that have all said, look, for the most part, if the government comes out tomorrow and says, okay, here they are and this is what's going on, so on and so forth, most of the U.S. is going to be, well, jerks, you know, we, we kind of suspected this all along, what took you so long, and that nobody is is going to panic in mass or freak out or do this or do that, and I don't think they will for the simple reason that a lot of us have experienced these things. I've experienced several UFOs in the presence of witnesses, daylight sightings, all types of things. And we know they're up there. We know they're flying around. We know these things happen. We know these things exist. And we're not freaking out now. We're just kind of saying, hey, you know, tell us what's going on here. I mean, we're the generation that we're told that we could hide under our wooden desks in school during <laughs> right. a nuclear attack and be okay. <laughs> right. So, well, maybe it's not... Maybe it's not about, but maybe it's not about us in America because we are a highly educated people compared to the rest of the world, the Western right. world, the Western countries. Um, maybe it's more that they're that they, the governments of the world, the UNs of the world, uh, they're they're more worried about the 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 uneducated. The I don't know how to say this without pissing off a whole continent. The underdeveloped but countries, folks who yeah. just underdeveloped. There we go. The underdeveloped yeah. third world. Uh, uh, folks that they just they don't have the I, they don't have the the access to the information that we have to on a daily basis. So if they were to see the UFO come in, they are going to lose their ever loving minds. And there's you know several billion of them that we're going to have to contend with. Well, there's losing an interesting their ever loving there minds because uh, there's a, uh, a a documentary, and I, I mean this is credible. It's it's documented. It's reliable. And I don't remember which country it was in, but it's in one of these underdeveloped countries. And this UFO came and, and landed or hovered above this school, and all these school children saw it there in this under, underdeveloped country. And uh, 
some of them waved at the craft and the people in the craft, and, and they waved back. And then they interviewed them years later as adults, and they were talking about the impact it had on them and so on and so forth. But at the time of the incident, nobody panicked, nobody freaked out, and later as adults, uh, they were pretty much okay with what they experienced, bum-fuzzled by it, but, but pretty much okay. And, uh, you know, there has been a documented account of UFOs physically attacking people in uh, in some quote-unquote underdeveloped country, and I don't recall the country right offhand, but it's, you can research it online and find it pretty easily. And for several nights, these UFOs attacked these people in this village with these rays and, like, were literally physically attacking them. And those people were like, Jesus. okay, well, you know, we survived, we went on. So we're a very resilient people, no matter our level of education. Sometimes I think our education gets in the way, and I think sometimes people that are as, as quote-unquote uh, more developed may handle things more easily than we do because they live a little closer to the earth, and it's like, well, okay, you know, here this thing Maybe. Is. You know, I wonder if that was a kid with a magnifying glass trying to, you know, I mean, is that how ants see us when we're trying to, you know, hit them with the magnifying glass beam, the death ray that vaporizes them? And then they're right. freaking out thinking, yeah. man, the aliens are flying in. I mean, I always I always harken back to the Men in Black episode with Orion's belt. The, the marble was the universe that the – we are so – we are. what if we were just a molecule under the fingernail of some giant creature – that right. we we just pray to God he doesn't you know clip his nails and clean his you know get a manicure or something and wipe us out. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Well, we really don't it, know what you know, we don't know. Yeah, that's it. We 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 don't know at this stage of the game you know what the um, the real deal about spirituality is because all religions fail. That's easily demonstrable, and the uh, the problem facing all of us who are inquirers is finding out, okay, just what is all of this? Just what does it mean? What's going on? And, you know, what do we have to do to appease what or, or not appease what? Or, you know, how do, how do we do this thing? How do we live? And that's something that, um, that we just don't know. It's a, it's a difficult reach. And the people that have all the pat answers don't have the pat answers, and that's easily demonstrable. So it's, it's this big search that we're in. And one thing that I know that always wins out is compassion. And if we can demonstrate compassion regardless of what's going on, regardless of whatever belief system we were raised in that, that we think did or didn't work, uh, put everything aside, politics aside, religion aside, everything else aside. If we can show compassion one to another and care one for another, that's, I think, our, our prime directive, if there is one. And then with these other intelligences, whatever's going on, whatever's happening there, our government should be open and honest with us so that we can make the decisions as to how we're going to act and react toward that. And, uh, you know, there's there's just so much, even in the, the UFO community, there's so much disinformation out there or misinformation out there. So many people claiming to know things that they obviously don't. And, uh, you know, over and over again, we get the people that, oh, I've met the aliens, they're going to they're gonna reveal themselves in two months, and da-da-da-da-da, and, and of course that's all nonsense, it never happens. Whatever's going on is very cloaked, is very secret, for whatever reason. And the average person can't discern what that is, and we don't know what that is. And it's like, um, yeah, JV, when you had Rob Sheltsky on your show, 
the Mufon Field Investigator. Yeah. And he said, you know, where's the story that I was lost in the woods at night, and this UFO came over, shone down a beam of light, and guided me safely out of the woods? Where's that story? We don't have those. We have abductions, radiation burns, missing time experiences, uh, cattle mutilations, and so on and so forth tied to these things. So there's this, there's this whole big thing out there that we're trying to figure out and trying to come to grips with, and instead of our government helping us, coming clean with us, uh, which they don't, go back to the Tuskegee experiments, um, you know, all these things are, are in our way, impediments. And, you know, we have to, there, there is a cabal of people, not just in our government, but in the world that views themselves as superior, superior intellects, superior uh, genetically, superior this, superior that, whatever. And for those of us that, for whatever reason, we're not able to rise to those ranks, then we're the ants under the microscope, you know, in the magnifying glass with the sun's rays. We're, we're dispensable. We don't understand. We don't know as much. We can't comprehend as much, which is ridiculous. Um, you know, the, the Mensa Corporation, the Mensa Organization, which accepts people with genius IQs, has janitors as well as heads of corporation as members that have genius IQs. Uh, so you can have a genius IQ and you can piss off the wrong person and be denied the right position, the right job, the ability to advance or whatever, this, that, and the other. Doesn't mean you're ignorant, doesn't mean you're stupid, doesn't mean you're incapable of understanding. Just means you didn't get the breaks and somebody else did. And the people that get the breaks treat those of us that haven't got the breaks as inferior, and that's not the case. And that's another thing that we fight in this whole thing is, well, we're going to tell you what's good for you. Well, I know what's good for me and what's not. I'm capable of figuring that out for myself. You know, and that's a problem with our government. I mean, with, with what we've experienced over the last seven years, I'm not going to go down the political road, but uh, it, the last seven-ish years we have learned that our three-letter agencies are actually really filled with incompetent personnel at all levels so. that yeah, are tremendously so we 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 seem to hire the dumbest among us and yeah. then they hire even dumber people because they don't want to be replaced and now exactly. we have these these um self-aggrandizing self-serving uh petulant little bureaucrats that are in charge of this super secret ufo stuff that they don't want us out in the fields to know about because i think they want to keep the power to themselves and they, they think do. that that uh, the more they know and the more that the power that they have and if they can get their hands on that alien ray weapon, that then they will be able to rule the world like the dictators they want to be. Exactly. So exactly. I don't understand why we as a people, as the peasants in the field, trust our government after what we've just witnessed for the last several years of incompetence. I don't understand that either. And I, I know the problem, one of the problems is that um, a buddy of mine and I were talking about this the other day, and it's if we can come home tired after a hard day's work and eat a good meal and turn on the TV and watch the sitcom and drink a few beers and lay in a nice soft bed, our problems are solved. And we have this thing that uh, as long as we're not under duress of some kind, everything's okay. And that's not the case. And I, I, um, I, in one of the history classes I took in college, this, uh, this professor was saying that they built the bathhouses in Rome to kind of keep the, the common people 
unaware of how bad off they really were while the the elite enjoyed and spent their wealth. And the idea behind these bathhouses were you would come, and it was communal, and you'd meet your friends and neighbors there. And you'd get in this refreshing, cool water and, and sit there and relax and talk to your friends and neighbors. And they had a library, and there were books there, and you could read, and they had food. And you go, wow, you know, this this whole great experience for me, for little old me, wow. You know, here I, I walk up the dusty road and come in here, and I get in this cool, soothing water. And, oh, there's my neighbor, and we talk, and we laugh, and I can go get a book and read it. And, oh, here's something to eat. And the whole idea behind this supposedly was placating, you know, the common man so he didn't realize how bad off he actually was. And I think that's kind of what uh, takes place with us nowadays. You know, it's like we have these billionaires and millionaires and the government and all these powers telling us how good we have it, you know. And uh, in the meantime, they're firing up the jet and going to France for pancakes or whatever, grapes. And, uh, you know, we're we're sitting here going, can I get uh, fries at McDonald's with my burger? And we think we've you know, got to John, do it if we hon- can. And to be honest with you, John, I would be okay with that if they would just leave us alone. I, yeah. I, go yeah. Wor- work hard, come <laughs> home, you raise your family, eat a good meal, go to bed, repeat, wash, repeat, rinse, repeat. You know, there I you would go. be fine with that. But yeah. the problem is they, they want to tell us what to eat, how to eat, what to wear, what the words we got to use. They want to be in our lives so much. It's like, God, aliens, please come take these people off our planet. I know. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like a, a total control mechanism and it gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the uh, the thing that for me put the conspiracy theory realm into the gold standard because you know all through the years it's always been the the uh, status quo to make fun of the conspiracy theorists and there are things that you look at and you see that it can't operate unless there are forces behind it directing it that way i mean think of the hunt brothers trying to corner the silver market they manipulated the market uh, and you know these forces are capable of that and are behind that but it's become popular to sneer and oh, conspiracy theorists, oh, you're so silly, oh, you're so stupid, oh, you're blah, blah, blah. And now, what's really interesting to me is I have friends that are highly intellectual, not pseudo-intellectual, but highly intellectual and common sense thinkers and qualified and very, very highly educated with multiple degrees and great experience in the world at large and in a lot of different uh, areas that are now coming to me and saying, hey, this is happening, and it's a conspiracy theory. They're, what they're saying is the government is doing this, or the politicians are doing this, or science is doing this, or whatever is doing this, and here's how they're doing it, and this is the end game of why they're doing it. And and these are people that are like super intellectual, super reliable, super stable, and they're saying, hey, I'm seeing this. You know, whereas... The man in the street used to see it and go, God, look at what's happening here. They're trying to control us. And everybody's like, oh, you're out of your mind. Now the people that are really up there in intellect and up there in the know and up there in contacts are saying, hey, these people are trying to control, manipulate everything that we do. So that is happening. And again, it goes back to fighting that spiritually because we don't have the power physically. We don't have the power economically, but we have the, the power spiritually 
if we'll connect with that and use that spiritual power and focus it against that to help us resist that while we're trying to resist it politically and, and economically and all these other ways. John, I just want to kind of close out the discussion here about this article that we were talking about, and yeah. uh, and, and we're almost out of time. But um, one of the problems, and maybe you've, you've done more research or talked to others about this report and this information that has come out in this report, but one of the problems is, again, we're relying on basically eyewitness or experience or testimony. Did they go into any of this in, in research, maybe some medical histories of some of the people who claim to have had these burns, whether the radiation or other effects that they could be documented medically and see some records to kind of back up some of these claims? Or are we still uh, having to rely on just, uh, you know, a, a basically a statement or even sworn or otherwise from um, somebody who say they experienced these things? Well, this goes back a long, long way, J.V. There have been documented medical records going back for decades and decades now where people experience radiation burns and all these type things and so on and so forth. There's been medical documentation that that's been a reality and a fact going back for decades. So this is nothing new. Um, the uh, you know the thing is that the doctors that have examined these people and said, yeah, they've got radiation poisoning or radiation sickness or radiation burns or whatever, uh, they're stymied as to why this comes about, and you know the people haven't been exposed to any normal sources of radiation or anything else, and so the doctors are like, well, yeah, it's radiation poisoning, radiation sickness, radiation burns. We don't know why, but it is. And the people are saying, well, I was under this UFO for 10 minutes before it flew away, and then I woke up the next day, and, and this is it. So it's been documented for decades that these are legitimate uh, you know, occurrences as yeah. far as the, the sicknesses it's... and the things, the experiences that these people have. But you know, the doctors and the people, the scientists that have examined them have been like, well, yeah, that's it, but we don't know why. And the people have said, well, the UFO did it to me. And then, of course, they're like, well, I don't want to be involved with that. Let's not talk about that. You know? <laughs> and is they it put possible? it off as some kind of is anomaly it? that they can't explain. But, yeah, this has been going on for decades, and it's reliably established that these things have happened. Is it possible that the, the radiation burns are coming from when the, when, the, when the UFO goes over? It's their propulsion system? That's keeping them afloat, so to speak, that maybe it's, uh, you know, with our jets, yeah, that downward force, the wind, all that stuff, our helicopter. It's like the wash of them hovering, coming down over you, and that's, they're not real. The, the aliens are not realizing that's damaging yeah, us. Yeah, that's, that's probably a good explanation because, you know, we don't know what their power source is, or maybe we do because you look at Bob Lazar, Area 51, reverse engineering. Maybe we have a pretty good idea, but uh, even if we have a good idea, it's still, it doesn't do you any good to find out what it is if it is still affects you negatively. And um, that seems to be the case in a lot of these close UFO encounters where people have that type of experience. Now, I've experienced several UFO sightings, uh, one very close, and uh, and never experienced any negative effects from it, nor did anyone that I know of, but a lot of people you do. You didn't turn up pregnant, apparently. did you? I didn't, thank God. <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> but there are a lot of people that apparently do experience these effects, and maybe they are either closer to the craft or exposed to the craft for a longer period of time. 
And then you have to look at the possibility of, you know, people have raised the uh, the point that we have Fords and Chevrolets and Oldsmobiles and Toyotas. Well, maybe the intelligences behind these craft are different civilizations. They develop different craft with different propulsion methods. They could be similar but different. So you may see one craft be okay, another type of craft has a different propulsion system or a more harmful aura about it and its propulsion system that affects you negatively. So, you know, we don't know. All these things are possibilities, but, you know, we the people down here don't know, and that's what we're pressing to find out. And I believe that information is there. We have to keep pressing for this disclosure. And interestingly enough, the congressman said, you know, he said, we get thousands of emails every day, and it's hard to plow through. And he said, if you want to get the attention of your congressman, Write an old-fashioned letter, pen and ink, put a stamp on it, and send it. He said yep. it's a novelty, and it comes across the desk, and it gets attention because it's a novelty. Nobody sends them anymore. So if you really want to get your congressman's attention, send an old-fashioned letter. I Just uh, just to point out, uh, related to the question that I asked that John so aptly answered, uh, this article does say that uh, the – 2010 report that had been released here compiled 42 cases of adverse physical effects from medical files. So those came directly from medical files. And right. then 300 cases from unpublished uh, reports. So those would, I guess, would be more anecdotal in nature. There's so much more we should go into in this, John. And I'm, I'm looking at my list of topics that I wanted to cover with you tonight. I had seven things on this list. We got through one and a half. <laughs> well, let's, before we sign off, let's do one more real quick. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we can do that. I wanted to get your opinion on uh, – you've talked about Skinwalker Ranch uh, yeah. at some yeah. length. There's a television show that is, that is, uh, I guess, seemingly successful. I haven't watched it, uh, but they're doing a lot of work there. Anything impressing yeah. you, uh, whether it's from the, the show itself or just what you're hearing from Skinwalker Ranch? Well, there is, and I have uh, communicated with Brandon Fugel on Twitter a couple of times. Oh, nice. And uh, and communicated with him on a podcast he was on. I have watched all of the episodes of Skinwalker Ranch, and they are uh, getting phenomena on camera, on sensors, on, uh, on all these recording methods. Uh, they've gotten... Uh, uh, video of UFOs in the daylight now several times. Uh, they have one of the most interesting things to me. I, I tweeted this to Brandon, and I've told everybody, I said, look, scientific instruments measure that there's something going on, but they don't tell you what's going on or why. And for that, you're going to have to get a good, honest-to-God, reliable psychic and get them out there to communicate with these energies. Who are you? Why are you here? What are you wanting to communicate? What's going on? And that's when you make your progress. And lo and behold, they got the uh, the rabbi out there, the guy you see on, on History Channel, all this all the time. They got him out there to open up this portal. And so he sat down and he, he told him, he said, there's a lot of ancient spirits here on this property. And uh, he discussed some other things, and he sat down, he had this ritual to open up a portal. And they had cameras on the whole thing and everything. And when he did the ritual, completed the ritual, on the cameras you could see this portal open. You could see a change in what the camera was filming. And they had uh, thermometers there, sensors there. And the temperature immediately dropped something like 20 degrees. And not only did it register there, everybody could feel it. So he did this ritual. He opened up the portal. There it was. 
And so these things are actually occurring there, and they're doing more and more research. But like I say, the science is fine, but you have to couple science with the spiritual dimension, with a good psychic, a good medium, or whatever. And you have to continue that in your research. Because it's just like if you do paranormal research and you use a REM pod, and the REM pod goes off. Well, who set it off? Why did they set it off? Why are they there? What are they trying to communicate? Are they going to be there long-term? Are they there short-term? Are they passing through? And for that, you can't use science. You've got to have a psychic. And so everything that's happening there is legitimate. It's real. Uh, marvelous, bizarre stories have come out of there for decades. But now we're seeing these things captured on film as in real time as they're there. And... Um, this this continues, so it's definitely worth watching. It's definitely real, but again, uh, you know, in all of this, you got to include the spiritual dimension to figure things out and solve it. Science lacks woe legs woefully, woefully behind yeah. the spiritual realm, uh, and and in figuring things out. And I think a large part of that is because scientists are skeptics and don't want to deal with it. Don't want to be, uh, you know, well, I don't want to be affiliated with that. That's going to denigrate my reputation or whatever. But that's what it's going to take to really make this progress. And just take a few more seconds. It's like EVP, electronic voice phenomenon. We hear these things. We don't know what frequency these voices are using. I, I had a, a guy tell me that was a professional musician. He said, John, he said, I can take any sound, any piece of music, any audio, any speech, anything on this planet. I can put it in the software. I can do anything on the planet with it. I can manipulate it any, any way, upside down, backward, forward, whatever. But he said, I can take these EVP voices, put them in there. I can hear them, but I cannot find the frequency that they're using. And so we have all these things that we have to get through, these breakthroughs oh. that we have to make. And to do that, it's going to take science and a good psychic working hand-in-hand -hand to develop this and really make it happen. John, do you think it's possible that with uh, the work that Elon Musk is doing with basically trying to wire the human brain to a computer, that at some point, maybe not in our lifetime, but at some point we'll be able to just basically, you know, you, you can go do your thing and then you come back and we just plug you in and download all the information to a computer. And, you know, we basically use you, uh, we plug you in and it, it gets like real time documentation of what you're experiencing in your head. God, I hope not, because if that if that happens, that's going to be a train wreck. We are not meant to interface with mechanics or electronics or AI or computers or whatever. We are not meant as people to do that. We're not meant to interface that way. We are our own self-contained thing, and any attempt to introduce anything on top of that is going to be a train wreck, I can guarantee you. Uh, the thing I where worry do you, where about— does, Where does that line— where does that line stop at when it goes from good, like like the cochlear implant for for a human to be able to hear? Is that good? Because right. that, that's technically a device you're you're implanting on you. Yeah, those types of things are are good, but still you're you're messing with the natural order of things there. Now you can mess with it in a good way, and and I say that's okay. But I think there has to be a line of demarcation there where we say, okay, we we can't go beyond that. Because, again, you get in all this uncharted territory that you don't know what's going to happen. You look at the little robots beginning to hog the power source for no reason out of the blue. And then you have to extrapolate that to if we develop, if we haven't already, for God's sake, if we develop truly self-aware AI, uh, at what point is it going to decide its needs are more important than our needs? 
Uh, it's going to see things differently. It's not human intelligence. It's machine intelligence. So just like spirits that aren't human, they're not going to see things from a human perspective in a human way. You have to worry about that. And then you also have to worry about if uh, people and if objects can be influenced, which they can, by these forces from the other side. I mean, invisible ghosts can slam doors, can produce aromas, can make sounds, can cause objects to move. Then why can't they also affect AI? So if you have an autonomous AI, who's to say that some spiritual force on the other side that may be one of these negative forces we've talked about, one of these chaos forces, all of a sudden starts influencing and directing this robot, this AI. So there's a lot of things there that we need to be very, very cautious about. We're playing God in areas that we don't have right. the, the smarts and the capability to play God in. That's absolutely the truth. Yeah, I, tru I truly believe that we're going to go down the road of Skynet and the Terminator or Outbreak. I think that's how we're going to end our time on this planet. It, it we're wouldn't do surprise it to me. It wouldn't surprise me because the people that are doing these things don't have sufficient fear of what they're messing with. And it's like, you know, when we uh, developed the atomic bomb and, and tested it, set it off, uh, scientists didn't know that we wouldn't set the atmosphere on fire. And they didn't know that we wouldn't set off a chain reaction that couldn't be stopped that might eventually destroy the universe. And what did we do? <laughs> Push the button and let's find out. Let's gamble anyways. So that's our problem with all of this is we think we're so smart and we're so capable and we can control all this. We don't have a clue. John, uh, time flies by. We got to two and a half of the uh, bullet points that I had here, so we have plenty for the next time you, you're with us, which hopefully won't uh, won't be so much time passing in between your visits. But uh, let people know, I mean, you're, you've got two books out, right? Uh, Riding with Ghosts and Knock in the Attic. Where can people get the books that you've currently got out or, or when your next one's released? And how can people contact you if they're interested in maybe a private session or reading with you? Yeah, if they want a, a, a reading, they can go to johnrussell.net johnrussell.net and up there by my picture uh, there's a, a, a little graphic of each book's cover and you can click on that it'll take you to amazon you can order it there uh, the books are available at amazon barnes and noble books a million a lot of other places online a books a lot of small independent private bookstores and stuff uh, so you can get the books there and again if you're interested in reading one or no more johnrussell.net Terrific. Thank you, my friend. And I really, really appreciate you making the time. I know how busy you are, and it's, it's really uh, it's heartwarming to know that you would you were willing to make the time for us tonight. Uh, more than happy. More than happy. It's great to talk to you guys. We'll do it again soon. We absolutely will. I'm going to hold you to that, John. I love having you on the program. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> we'll be right back. Thanks for helping in the garden, baby. Uh, no problem. Uh-oh, I got to go again. Again? Hey, wait a minute. Crap Goat presents. It's the Crap Goat Turtleizer. The Crap Goat Turtleizer. Make your duty do its duty with the Crapco Turtleizer. Turn regular household human waste into fertilizer for your lawn or garden. We all do it, so we may as well get some benefit from it. My tomato plants never been more juicy. Thanks, Turtleizer. And finally, my cucumbers are bigger and firmer than ever. I can't thank you enough, Turtleizer. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's 100% natural. And the Crapco Turtleizer works great with houseplants, too. Don't my begonias look beautiful? Yeah, I've never seen them flower like that before. But what's that smell? The Crapco Turtleizer. 
fertilizer comes with all the things you need to make your morning chore into a whole lot more. Like a hardy stain-resistant net, a supply of fertilizer, reusable storage bags, a copy of People magazine, and an ocean breeze air freshener. The Crabco Turtleizer. Use it as a school project. Have the neighbors over for a turtleizer party. Bring it to Grandma's for the weekend. Use it near kill-fired ceramics. It's a big help when potty training. And don't forget those romantic dinners for two. Baby, this salad is really good. Yeah, I grew it myself with the Crabco Turtleizer. Thanks, Crabco. <laughs> Start a small business for the wife by selling your extra turtleizer to the neighbors. What's the scoop with your poop? Don't flush all those goodies down the toilet. The Crabco Turtleizer. The Crabco Turtleizer is available for a special limited time price. And get this free bathroom decanter to store your turtleizer materials. The Crabco Turtleizer may cause unpleasant odors and a rash. Get yours today. Nothing like the Crapco Turtleizer, uh, our, our perennial sponsor here, Crapco, always got has some great products and great things to talk about, just like the Turtleizer. What the <laughs> hell is a Turtleizer? <laughs> Didn't you listen to the commercial? It should have told you everything you needed to know. <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to visualize what it looks like. Mm. Well, it comes with a scoop, what a net, a, a net. <laughs> to capture the material uh -huh. that you need, and you put it in a little bag, and you t it composts to fertilizer. I, I, I'm assuming I don't have so, one, so I'm so, not sure. So you turtleize in a mode, and then you net it out and put it in a bag. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you can. That, so you can is, use is it was, for fertilizer. Was, Let your duty do its duty. But so, my duty. So, so I have to net it out of my commode <laughs> and put it in a plastic. Do I have plastic gloves that I wear? I, I don't. So that I, I don't suppose, get any, like, I suppose like that's the, optional. You know how hard it is, you know, holding the bag open, trying to get your chips in the bag for lunch. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine doing that with a wet, turd-laden <laughs> net. I, I, it would get on my hands. Yeah. Well, does Crapco have a I, sanitizer? Maybe it maybe it takes a little practice to become good and, and efficient for it. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't have one. All I know is what the commercial tells us. I mean, it sounds but, very but practical. You have told sounds me, very practical. You have told me you will only advertise what you use and believe in. I not necessarily use, believe in. Yes, and I believe this is a, a very practical product. So, do have you done any studies on? If we if people are netting out their fertilizer from their commode and it's not going to the city the city filtration system, will we save tax money? Be well, that would be nice. To, reduce to the strain. As much. Yeah, reduce the strain on the uh, wastewater facilities. Absolutely. By the way, did you take a curiosity pill today? You're very you're very inquisitive today. I'm always in, I'm always like this. You should have seen the conversation I had with the crazy guy on the corner in L.A. My 18-year-old son was lost his mind because I actually had like a 20-minute conversation with this guy talking about the police and, you know, stuff. Um, so I'm always very curious. And this show is a very curious show. John fascinated me. I don't necessarily believe in everything, but I am fascinated by what people think. Um, I'm also a little worried about what's in your head to come up with the fertilizer commercial. <laughs> but I'm willing to go with it. Oh. But I just had to ferret it out. Because we gotta we gotta cut a video. We need to do a video commercial yeah. of the turtleizer. Yeah, yeah. Scooter, so Scooter, how we're and get you to Scooter and somebody else. Who somebody else in here? Let me think. Uh, let me think. Right? No, I'm trying to somebody. A well, couple people in. Oh, Rebel Scooter and Rebel both say you're overthinking the turtleizer. But hey, that's just their opinion, I guess. Well, I 
but I'm I'm trying to understand oh, what geez. what was going on and hold, how this works. Hold on, we've we've got a we've got a phone call here. Let me do, let me. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know. Let's boy. go. Let's go blind. You're not even gonna screen. You're not even gonna screen this. Oh, Eddie's telling me it's Tom. Tom from Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Hello, GD. Oh boy. Yeah. Hey, Tom. Yeah. Hey. Um. Listen, I just want to let you know it's really good to have you back on the. I'm not on hearing the air. Tom. Oh, uh, I missed you. It was, it's been a really long time. So, well, thank it's you. Great to have you back, my friend. Thank you. Well, it's good to be I, here. I mean, yeah. Well, last night you uh, you had a, another guy I'm on with you, a new co-host. Um, what the hell was he talking about when he was talking about his collar? Oh, I was, uh, I was a little nervous about that whole thing. Did he ever get that fixed? Um, it's it, it, he was talking about colors, not collar. Oh, what is he a priest or something? No, yeah, no, he's not a priest. Oh, the collar. No, yeah, no, he was talking about colors. He just says it weird, Tom. Sorry. Well, anyway, what did you? What were you calling him last night? Was his name Brat? No, not Brat. It's Brat. Br no, it's Brit, not Brat. Brat. It's Brit. <laughs> Brit. Oh, yeah. Okay, well that sounds that sounds a little complicated. I won't worry about it. Anyway. Yeah. No wonder he's hot under the collar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, anyway, right. hey, JV, good luck. Good Make sure you tell you Tom back. to buy a T-shirt. And uh, can't wait to hear more good programs. Thank you, my friend. Tom, thank you for calling. I appreciate the uh, the, the thoughts and the well wishes. And I don't know why you couldn't hear, Tom. It must be that line isn't connected to the uh, – I'm going to have to fix that for the next time. But thank you for the phone call, Tom. Appreciate that very much. Appreciate that very, very much. He was had a little problem with with uh, the way you were pronouncing collar or the way you were saying collar and you were saying collar. He said he wanted to know if you were a priest or something. Oh, I am a priest in my own head, but <laughs> the problem is on his side. I talk fine. I understand exactly yeah, I what know I'm saying. you do. Whether the, whether keep... whether you're using actual words or not, or you're finishing sentences hey, or not, you know exactly what you're saying. You're very good at that. If 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 you can't keep up, I can't help you. <laughs> keep up. I think fast uh, and I talk faster. Yeah, I know. What is going it doesn't on always here? make sense. I don't know. Chat's losing their mind. Apparently, you broke me. <laughs> the turtleizer. <laughs> the turtleizer. Uh, we're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun. All right. So, Chad is 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 uh, pressing for a couple of trivia questions to end the show tonight. So, let me grab my handy dandy trivia. Well, I got question one. Of the I got day. one right here. I oh, got okay. one right here. What year was the turtleizer invented? What year was the turtleizer invented? Do you happen to have an answer for that <laughs> trivia question? Do you know? I do. You do? You know it? Yeah. Okay. It was the year you put it to tape. I don't know what year that was. <laughs> I was going to ask you. <laughs> so you don't know. I, I think if, if I have to remember correctly, I think I that was probably created in 2018. Maybe. I'm no, no, no. Gonna no, no, no. No, 27. 2017. That was definitely 2017. 2017. Five years I'm ago. I'm going to make this thing. I'm going to make a prototype. <laughs> I am going to make a prototype, and I will film my construction and practicing with it. But I'm not going to use Herman, to, Herman human turtleizers. I'm going to use cat turds because I have a cat, and we have a lot of cat turds. So I'm going to practice fishing okay, it out of the commode, the cat turds. Oh, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun to watch you do that. Yeah, Mary Grace, you got it right. Did you do that? Did you guess or did you remember that? It took me a while to remember it. All right. A couple trivia questions to end the show here. We, we've, we've gone long, uh, but John is such a great guest. I love having him on the show. Uh, okay. Question number one. 
According to Sir Paul McCartney, which Beatles song contains a sound that only dogs can hear? Scooter, you better get this. According to Sir Paul McCartney, which Beatles song contains a sound that only dogs can hear? And I don't even know, I don't know the answer to this, which I'm a Beatles fanatic and I know a lot about the Beatles, but this one I don't know. I don't know what it is. Does it have anything to do with the turtleizer? No, but I I mean I have a guess and it's going to be a, it's going to be a song on the White Album. It's going to be a song on the White Album is my guess. Or what maybe Sergeant What group is this? Did you just say that? Yeah, what group are, what group are we talking about? Did you mean that when you said that? It's the group that did Stairway to Heaven, right? One thing I, we, we probably haven't no, talked. No, they were the ones walking across the crosswalk, right? We probably haven't talked the about this thing? a lot, and we probably should have had this conversation before we started doing any shows together. I, I take the Beatles very, very seriously, and I get very offended if people don't know who the Beatles are. I, I take it very personally. So you're, saying they did, so you're saying they didn't sing Stairway to Heaven? Oh, my God. I'm gonna. I'm about to mute you. I am. That's, I'm about to <laughs> mute you. <laughs> yeah. See, Iowa Joe knows. Know he says, "Oh, JV's gonna beat up Brit." <laughs> and breaking <laughs> is like, "No, Brit, no." <laughs> I know nothing. I know nothing about music when it comes to music, and I also am not very good with sports. I do know one thing: that uh, that uh, the group, the Beatles, right? They sang Hotel California. Oh my God! I'm going to smack you, and I'm I, and and you're half you're all the way across the country, and I'm still going to reach out and smack you. Okay, so the answer's coming in. We've got a day in the life. That's a great guess. Yellow submarine. Um, Scooter says a day in the life too, and Scooter's my go-to on this. Let's see what uh, any other guesses. Okay, one more time. The question is: According to Sir Paul McCartney, which Beatles song contains a sound that only dogs can hear? Uh, they were the group in that movie, oh the, the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Band, right? Don't, that, don't. Right? Don't. Right? They were in that movie, right? No, they were not. And they had all the... Okay, Britt. Uh, who was in that movie? Well, uh, Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees were in that movie. And they were... Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts, Heartstone Band Club, whatever the hell it was. Sgt. Pepper's. great music. Yeah, it's all Beatles music from the right. album Sgt. Pepper's. That wasn't Peppers. the Beatles playing it? No, not in that movie. They there was all cover versions of those. I know, lucky. I know, lucky. Shut up, Brit. I know. That's what I'm trying to say right now. No, I know. It's my microphone. I paid for this damn thing. <laughs> all right, let me get through this question, please. <laughs> my God, you're not only a, a curious cat tonight, but you're a chatty Kathy too. Um, according to Sir Paul McCartney, which Beatles song contains a sound? Right, I'm going to guess uh, Revolution Number Nine. That's my guess. The answer, oh, Scooter got it right, and Amanda got it right. Several people got it right. I didn't. Uh, Day in the Life, which is on the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band album. The high-pitched whistle is beyond the frequency range that humans can hear. There you go. Nice. Hmm. Interesting. Nice. So everybody in chat, if, if, if I end up on first 48, we know why. <laughs> All right, second question. Second question. A unit called bed, B-E-D, is sometimes used to measure doses of radiation. What does bed, B-E-D, stand for? Bed, B-E-D. And in this, just so you know, in this, I don't know if you can see this at that distance. No, probably not. No. This, this camera small. doesn't autofocus. Bed is capitalized. 
B E D. All three letters are capitalized. B E D. Uh, uh, big effing dead. Yeah, I don't think that's it, but good guess. A unit called bed is sometimes used to measure doses of radiation. What does bed stand for? Banana. Are you going to be in bed if you get hit with this dose? <laughs> Banana equivalent dose? <laughs> Not trivia answer, but Hershey kisses are a conspiracy. They wear little tinfoil hats. That's funny. Uh, something <laughs> emitting device. Like um. Speaking of banana, where the hell is the banana at? I don't know where the banana is. Big energy drop. I think it, I think his girlfriend cut us off. Yeah, so the the few times he would called us recently, he was probably like in, in a closet somewhere trying to talk to us and he got yeah. caught. Something something dosimer decimeter. What are Engstrom units? I have oh, no that's, idea. That's distance in, in space. Yeah. All right. So the question was, a unit called bed is sometimes used to measure doses of radiation. What does bed stand for? Holy crap. Who said this? Amanda, you knew this or did you look it up? Are you cheating, Amanda? The, the answer is banana equivalent dose. Banana, bananas contain a radioactive isotope, meaning that a single banana contains a very tiny dose of radiation. Huh. Do you know that? Where the hell does the banana... No, but where does the banana get the radiation from? From the isotope. It contains a radioactive oh, isotope. Like, like, as it, like as it's growing, it, it collects the, yeah, the radiation from the soil from the or wherever. From the soil or wherever. Yeah. Huh. yeah. I had no idea. I didn't either. Last question, and we are done for the night. Here we go. What famous athlete came up with the following famous saying? Oh, this one's easy, Britt. This one's easy. You're gonna, you said you didn't know a lot about sports. You're going to know this one. What famous athlete came up with the following famous saying? Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. That's the sport where they're on two sticks and they go down grass? Jump real far? Uh, two no, sticks, no, go down grass, and little, jump? Little is that like stilts tumbling? I don't know what that sport Maybe is. Skiing? I don't know. Yeah. Actually, I do know who that is because I watched a lot of him when I was growing up because my dad was huge into boxing. My dad was too back fights, then, too. Of, uh, my dad was too back then. Yeah. He wasn't later in life. Yeah, I was like nine years old. I'm watching Sugar Ray beat Sugar the Ray, shit out of people. Sugar Ray Leonard, I, yeah. Wow, my first cousin. I know. You know what? Wow. You promised me you weren't going to swear on this show. And both episodes I, so far, we've we've got uh, profanity. And I Only one. It. One per episode. Yeah, but one is I all it takes. I go from 742 to one. <laughs> one is all it takes that we have to put the mature rating on the video. Although I think the S word, I mean, I, I've heard that in Disney movies now. So um, seriously, it's, it, 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 yeah, like animated movies. Or are you talking about Disney produced adult movies? Disney produced type movies and stuff. Yeah, um, like with The Rock and stuff like that. Um, Thank you, Iowa, for no, pointing that out. Uh, it's, yeah, it's Cassius Clay. It's Muhammad Ali. It's yeah, and he was amazing to watch, uh, especially when he would just just run his mouth and just get it get people all wound yeah. up. Like he's I loved watching him. He was great at that. Just motor mouthing. Too funny. Sadly, he went out a horrible way. He's dead now, right? I mean, he did yeah. finally pass, right? He did, yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. He went so. out horribly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so the answer is Muhammad Ali. He spoke the words when he was 22 years old, right before a match with world heavyweight champion Sonny Liston. 
Um, Ali was considered the underdog before going into the fight, and he won. Is that the fight that he did the rope-a-dope? Where he acted like he was going down, then he came back and just... I don't know. Is that... Hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know either. Is that it? Are we done? Really? We are done. Yes, we are done. Now, for those of you jo first joining us, had a great crowd tonight. Thank you. Uh, we'll be doing this program Tuesdays and Wednesday nights for the foreseeable future. We encourage support. There's a couple of different ways you can support us. Obviously, during uh, the live stream on YouTube, there are super chats available. Uh, we would appreciate those. If you're listening to this as a podcast, you can go to the description of the show in the podcast app. And you can click on a link that allow you to support the show uh, on a monthly basis, like 99 cents a month is one of the options. And we do have a couple people I would like to uh, recognize for having done that already, which is just terrific. Uh, one of them is our good friend K.K. Bollinger. And I say that because K.K. Bollinger also supports the Independence Gang podcast that we've done. And then also uh, Pamela Buttles. Thank you for your support, Pamela. And K.K. Bollinger, we appreciate it very, very much. We do, we do, we do. Another way is, and Britt just put the link into the YouTube chat, is you can go to the merch site. Yes, we have a merch site on Teespring, and we have some T-shirts up there. And JV came up with some really clever T-shirt uh, verbiage that I'm going to be working on and uh, getting up into the store. And uh, this way you get a cool T-shirt to wear, and it helps support the show. Because believe it or not, the software that JV and I run, we spend a lot of money a year. Like to the point where his wife, my girlfriend, look at, looks at us and goes, you spend how much? You do what? Um, so it, every little bit helps. And plus, JV and I, we really want to travel, and we want to we want to figure out how to do these paranormal investigations live where you people, you folks in chat can actually interact with us, and we can – you know, ask the questions that you want us to ask and, you know, go in the doors or down the hallways that you want us to go down. And that's going to cost money. So any any help is greatly appreciated. Uh, we're going to do it regardless. But if you want to help, we would definitely love that. Yeah. And we also will be taking phone calls on a more regular basis, too. I know we had Tom call in tonight, but we'll be taking calls on a regular basis for our guests and uh, just to chat with us, too, when it's appropriate, we'll do the, all of that stuff. So uh, be ready for that. So, again, thank you to everybody for joining us tonight. And um, as far as this show goes, we will see you next week, Tuesday night. Thanks for being here.